The Dallas Cowboys have re-signed safety J. Ron Curse. What does that mean for the rest of the defense and the rest of their offseason plans? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Landon, let's start with this. The Cowboys have re-signed J. Ron Curse. What are your initial thoughts? Man, for my my initial thoughts, obviously, were it's great to have him back. I mean, I think yeah. all, anyone who watched the Cowboys last year knew how important that uh, Curse was to the team, and and, and how um, you know he had kind of developed into uh, this kind of safety linebacker hybrid that had played on the nickel and 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 just really you know, played. I think every game this year led was near the leader in the uh, near the top of the leaderboard in, in tackles. Yep. Had like nine nine uh, uh, tackles for loss. It had some pressures. Just played an incredible all around game this year. Uh, and then my, I think my my next thought was, you know, it's an it's an interesting number. You know, I mean, it's five million dollars a year. It looks like. I mean, <laughs> give or take a little bit, depending on what can be earned. Uh, but I think it kind of spoke to what the kind of scenario that you and I had mentioned previously about his market that I imagine that the Cowboys kind of went to him with a lower offer because they knew that the market wasn't going to be uh, very strong for him. He took some time to kind of see exactly what the market looked like and then came back on kind of a, uh, you know, a deal between probably what these two sides wanted, probably closer to what the Cowboys wanted, to be honest. So I think I it's, look interesting. At the deal it's an interesting deal. Two, five, two years, $10 million, $5 million a piece. Yeah. I really look at it more like a, a linebacker market, right? That's what you're paying yeah. an off-the-ball linebacker. So that's kind of what he is, right? Like he's a box guy that's going to match up against tight ends and stuff. And that seems like a very, very fair price. Even and even if it's just as a special teams guy, let's say he just for whatever reason falls off and he's just a special teams guy. That's kind of the market for, for special teams players at this point. So it's a really nice deal. Yeah, it really is. And, and and I think, you know, he kind of falls into this category of player that, you know, when he's on your team, you really love him. You love having him because he makes plays. He's he's a, he's a solid tackler. He's uh, reliable in the run game. Like you said, he does things that are kind of uh, problems that the defensive coordinators have to solve constantly. How do you cover mm-hmm. a tight end? How do you cover running backs out of the backfield? What personnel do you use? This, is, this guy's perfect for those kind of things. I think the issue that he ran into is that, you know, if, if you sign him to your team as a safety, you're definitely going to need a third safety on this sure. team. Like yep. you're, you're not, you're not going to reliably be able to play with him and another safety as your only two safeties that are worth getting on the field, just because mm-hmm. you're going to want to play him as nickel linebacker. You're going to you're mostly going to want to play him in the box. Uh, you, you, you know, you can play him in the back and he definitely took snaps at, you know, in, in the slot and in, in the back end of the field. Uh, but you're definitely going to want a third reliable safety in order to do that. And so I guess 
when you consider that and, and then you look at what you know the market is, you can see maybe why he didn't get the money that he was hoping to on the open market. Because even if you do sign him, like I said, you're still going to have to go out and probably find another safety to kind of supplement him when he's moving around a little bit. So I think the Cowboys probably valued him more than a lot of other teams did because they saw oh, yeah. what he can do for them. Um, but I, I also think that, you know, Curse is one of these guys who very well could be suffering from, uh, you know, being around before the NFL was ready for a player like this. Yes. Right. Like, I think that there will be other folks that will kind of follow along in his lead, I think, in the future and, and will make more money than him. Uh, unfortunate for him, but great for the Cowboys. Uh, all right. Let's let's look at the Cowboys secondary. Right. Their safeties. So they signed Malik Hooker two years. Was it? $5 million or something like that. Something incredibly cheap or two years, $8 million. I think that's what it was. Um, but only a few million guaranteed. They have Donovan Wilson on a one-year deal. They have J Rod curse now back on a two-year deal and they still have Israel Makamu. Is there room for another safety there? Or do you think the Cowboys view him more as a linebacker, which means there's definitely room for another safety there? I think that's a good question. You know, I think I think part of it is going to be uh, uh, hinging on how they feel about Mukwamu. I think you know, I, I think there is a good chance that you start to see Mukwamu start to take more snaps this year. So maybe what they do is they kind of leave the safety position as it is, and then see if uh, someone like one of the guys that was on the team last year could come in as kind of a special teams player safety, you know, a sort of like uh it will be Tyler uh, Coyle. It's going to be the guy, right? Yeah. Tyler Coyle or someone like that, you know, who would just kind of come in and, and supplement that role. I don't know that they are at a spot where they need to go out and get another safety unless, you know, like maybe that's the best player available in the draft or something. I don't think it could prevent, I don't think it will prevent you from getting a safety. I don't think you need to go out and get a safety. Not. I, I don't think they need to go out and get a safety before the draft. I think you wait and see how the draft plays yeah. out. And, like, I haven't heard a whisper about Devontae Casey's market. Not not at all. But if Casey's still available in May yeah. and June, could you bring him back on a one-year, $2 million deal? Why not? Absolutely. I mean, again, I think, you know, the, the key here is that they're probably at a good spot where they don't need to spend a bunch of money or a draft pick if they don't want to, you know, like if, if a player fell to them in the draft that they really like, sure. Pull the trigger there. But I, I think that they're at a spot now where even, you know, not just the normal glad handing, Oh, we signed a guy so that we don't have to draft the player. I honestly believe that they could go in and get out yes. of the draft and be satisfied with where they yes. their defensive backfield is right. Now. If your safeties in week one against whoever they're playing is curse, Hooker and Wilson, you're fine with that. You, absolutely. you can absolutely go win games that way. My guess is they're gonna either they're gonna want want to add, excuse me, another starting caliber player at either linebacker or safety, and then Curse will fill in the other spot. Does that make sense? Like, right. Likely. Like, so yeah. if, if there's a linebacker that they grab in round two, whether it's Chad Muma or Channing Tindale, now you can move back Curse back to safety, and you're more than fine. I, I think something like that is still gonna come. I agree. I think that's that's a smart move. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to answer some more of your guys' Twitter questions today because we haven't done that in a couple of weeks, and we really, really wanted to get to it. Uh, but first, let's take a break to tell you guys about Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournaments are finally upon us. 
From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games, minus blackjack. I could play blackjack all day long. <laughs> uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Uh, a couple really interesting Twitter questions and some people thinking outside the box. So uh, I, I'm sure you saw yesterday, Landon, that the Falcons traded Matt Ryan. It's pretty, cl- yeah, <laughs> pretty clear that the Falcons are in a rebuild. So yeah. we have a few listeners that want to know, is there anybody that the Cowboys could go out and trade for from the Falcons that Dan Cohen would know? And I've got some names. Let's first start with Grady Jarrett. Now, this one wouldn't have been possible if the Cowboys would have signed Randy Gregory just because they don't have the cap space. However, Grady Jarrett has one year left on his deal. He's 29 years old. He's got a base salary of $16.5 million, and the Falcons could save $16.5 million if they cut him. Would you be interested in trading for Grady Jarrett right now? I mean, only if you if you feel good about the idea of potentially signing him to a new contract, right? Because I don't think trading him. I guess it depends on what the trade compensation is, right? Uh, but I, I think that if you feel confident that you can sign him to an extension and maybe lower that number a little bit, because I, I don't mind paying him one year, sixteen million dollars, because I think adding that kind of player to your interior pass rush is going to pay severe dividends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that it would be beneficial, a lot more beneficial if the Cowboys were able to get him in here and then extend him to like a two or three year deal where they could push some of that money around a little bit better uh, and give themselves a little bit more flexibility there. Uh, but as far as a player goes, yes, I'm certainly interested in. I think Grady Jarrett is one of the few players who is probably available and can provide serious interior pass rush, which is something that is, I mean, I think really really valuable nowadays you know especially in the in the short game in the quick game you need pressure quickly and the quickest way to get pressure is right Mm -hmm. in somebody's face no quarterback likes that uh and i think it would pair well with what the cowboys have are trying to build on the outside with parsons and with with lawrence and with you know fowler and all the guys they have out there now here's the knock on grady jared he has five sacks over the last two years and he's already 29 years old like are you are you trading and paying a player that's already passed their physical peak. We've seen we've seen a couple of these defensive linemen in the past, like the undersized defensive tackles typically just don't age well. Like Geno Atkins, basically done at age 29, age 30, out of the league. Uh, now, Jared's been a little healthier than that, but he, he fell due to some knee concerns. I, I, I don't know. I'm not opposed to it. It's just you are, you are trading for a guy who might be way past his prime. Yeah, that that's I mean, you know, <laughs> that's that's what you're doing when you yep. when you sign people in free agency, when you trade for them. This I mean, this is why the Cowboys prefer to sign their own, because they have better information on these guys, really good information mm-hmm. as opposed to guys that are on the other team. So I think it's a risk that's worth taking. I think if is again, if you can extend them, get that money moved around a little bit so it's not as severe. You know, you're going to be able to hopefully buoy him a little bit more than Atlanta was able to with guys that you can rotate in. And and, sure. and you have guys at defensive tackle. You have bodies. 
So like, it's not like you're going to be putting all your eggs in his basket pass rush wise, or even in the, the defensive interior, you have way, you have plenty of guys that you can rotate in that you feel comfortable with and hopefully get the best out of him. So it's a risk. You're, you know, you, you are trading for a 29 year old under tackle. There's, there's no way around that. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's also an opportunity that the Cowboys don't have in a lot of other spots because there aren't just aren't a lot of guys available to be had that are good interior pass rushers, which is, like I said, a valuable commodity to have on a defensive line nowadays. Uh, the next one's Deion Jones, who was a Pro Bowl in 2017. Uh, he's actually been pretty durable. He's played at least 16 games in three straight seasons. Um, but again, you're trading for a soon-to-be 28-year-old linebacker uh, that is due, I believe, nine million dollars, nine point six million in base salary this year, twelve million in base salary next year. You know that one's a little tougher. You know, I, I, it's weird because I, I probably have similar, uh, you know, hope that they will produce. You know, that Dion will produce similar. Uh, to what it's basically I hope, I hope. a two-year, twenty-one million dollar deal. By the way, and that's a lot of money for a linebacker that's twenty-eight years old. You know, and that, that's that's my issue. I think is I think you could kind of bring him in, and, and and he definitely would have a fit on this team. Um, but I, I I also think that it's a lot of money for a guy that uh, you know, like I said, is kind of near the end of his of his career. These he's uh, he's an undersized linebacker, and mm-hmm. despite despite being uh, uh, you know very durable. That athleticism is not going to be where it was, you know, when he got drafted, or even three or four years ago. So, um, I, I, I think, think if you're doing me, that, if you're doing that, you'd rather you might as well just sign Bobby Wagner. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Without having to spend the draft capital, right? And you can restructure the contract however you want to structure it. Yeah, and and you're not, yeah, like you said, you're not giving up a draft pick. That's why, to me, like I honestly think that the reason you probably haven't seen someone like Deion Jones uh, uh, traded yet is because the linebacker market is still the way it is right like i think yeah. you need some of those other guys to kind of clear out before teams are starting to get desperate at the linebacker position to kind of trade for that kind of contract two more guys from atlanta uh two of them near and dear to your heart marlon davidson defensive uh end slash tackle from auburn who dan quinn drafted in 2020 and since dan quinn left has really struggled yeah, he's an inside-outside guy. I mean, I know at Auburn they really kind of struggled to kind of find a position for him. He played mostly defensive end at Auburn, uh, but it was clear, you know, coming out that that he was going to be a tweener because, they, you know, they, he didn't – you know, he's one of those guys who's big like a defensive tackle, but he's not going to be able to win that way in the NFL. But at the same time, like he didn't really have a lot of success moving inside yeah. as a defensive tackle either, so he's kind of neither nor um, – you know, I like him as a rotational guy, as a down roster rotational guy. I'm certainly not, you know, trading any valuable pieces to go and get a, a Marlon Davidson. I mean, you kind of have I mean, this guy a little bit in Chauncey Golston. Right? Golston, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you there's only so many spots on your roster for a base left end that kicks inside to three technique, right? So I think especially I think if you're trying, still trying to sign Zadarius Smith, who is I guess still having dinner in Minnesota right now. I haven't heard anything since then. It's it's crazy. I know that so, Mall of America is pretty big there, so they're probably walking around. <laughs> they got there. lost. They yeah. got lost. Is what they might have got lost. Uh, all right, last one. Richie Grant. Bring it. I mean, <laughs> what what do they want? Like uh, he really struggled uh, last year. Here he hardly played yeah. at all, but that's not surprising considering smaller school safety. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
is he really traded? Is he really? No, probably not. I, he's only in his second year. I, yeah, I, that's probably the type of guy that the Falcons want to hold on to. But I just thought we should mention him. We should mention him. I, you know, I gotta say, like, just kind of on the note, I'm I'm happy and satisfied with where the Cowboys secondary in general is. You Absolutely. know, I feel like they could add some pieces here and there, but yeah, honestly, pieces, yeah. they could they could they could play. They can play games with with this with the defensive backfield that they have right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, of all the spots on the roster that they need to address and fix, secondary is one of the last ones. Like they're yeah. they're legitimately good there. So, yep. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take one more break and we'll get to a bunch more questions. I know that you guys are really wanting us to to get to some of these questions, but let me tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts that you need. Rock Auto has everything you need from engine control modules, brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, next question. This one's from Austin. Uh, if the Cowboys don't address their edge need in free agency, what do you think about David Ojabo, the Michigan edge rusher who just tore his Achilles? Would you be interested in picking him there? Uh, are they saying at 24? At 24. I don't think so. I, I mean. Where do you I, think I, he I, ends I, up going? Because I think before the ace, or sorry, before the Achilles, he probably was a top 15 pick at worst. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I we could talk. I think there's two issues here, right? We could talk about what Ajabo's current you know draft stock is at post-injury. But we should also talk about the fact that I don't think the Cowboys will draft him, right? Like, I, I mean, I think – Maybe there's like this this element of of you know uh, uh, the Cowboys don't mind taking risks at uh, blah 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 position you know in second round hurt players blah blah blah. I, I don't know if that that still exists now that you've got a uh, a head coach who's kind of in a tenuous in, you know coaching seat position. At, at the same time, though, a lot of their moves this year have been kind of looking to 2023 and beyond, right? I mean, there's a chance Ojabo could play this year, but if if you could take a player at 24 that you believe is a top 15 talent and he fits the mold for what you're looking for on defense, you know, four five five edge rusher. I mean, I get it. It still seems a little bit high, but I get it. Maybe they would, but not for me. I wouldn't okay. because because I mean, first of all, if I'm McCarthy, I'm I'm like absolutely not. Like like I would just throw a fit. If yeah, it was, I, if, if, if you're I, McCarthy, you can't take that player. You, you can't. You can't take that somewhere player. else. Absolutely. So if you want to talk about it, I mean, I don't think this guy's going to be available at 56, but I mean, it, I would say if for some reason he was available at 56, that's when it's more palatable, right? That's when it's palatable. But, but at this point you need someone who's going to come in and contribute right away as your first rounder. And frankly, you need that in your second rounder too. So, yeah. I mean, it, it would be a risk even to take someone like Ojabo at, at, I mean, even if we're talking about like uh, what's the Alabama Mechie, the, the 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 receiver from yeah. Alabama, right? Or James Williams? Which one? Both or, yeah, I mean, well, I, but see, even then, like those guys will at least be ready this year. You know, like you know, those guys will at least be on the field at some point, maybe even before training camp. 
Whereas Ajabu just got injured with an Achilles heel. So he's done this year. Like it's just not happening until at the very least the end of the season. So I I would imagine that, you know, despite I think like I said, there's two there's two conversations here. What do you think Ajabo's uh draft stock is in general now that post injury? I think it's probably like you said, somewhere between twenty-five and fifty, right? Yeah. Uh I think the, would the Cowboys take him with their first? Definitely not their first. I couldn't imagine. I I think that at this point the Cowboys would be hesitant to take him with their second. I mean, I think if he fell to them, that'd be it would be very extremely yeah. tempting. But I, I think in general you have to be wary about guys that you know are going to be taking a complete redshirt year and taking them in the first two rounds. It's it's it, you it, need starters there. And right what's away. so di- what's so difficult about this one is Ojabo was already a bit of a projection. Like of yeah. all the guys that we were talking about in the top 15, he was the one with the most unknown, right? We did a podcast on him and he was he was the the rawest of all the edge guys we watched. And on top of that, an Achilles injury for an edge guy is brutal, right? Cuz that's that's the you know, you're planting Explosion. off of your feet. You're trying to be explosive. Yeah, my guess is he It's goes, both things, right? Like, yeah. it's the it's the fact that he needs the uh, a year of development to even be, like, kind of a full-time player. And, and he's not going to get that year this year. So yeah. now you're basically waiting two years to see if this guy develops. And suddenly now you're resting his re-signing process on his third and fourth years or or a potential fifth yeah, yeah. year if he's if he's the first round. Well, it's, that's it's, why it's, not, it's not easy. That's why I think somebody like the Lions, who have picked 32 in this draft, could easily take them. They're in a rebuilding process anyway, and actually this would probably help them tank again next year if the plan is they get a quarterback. You draft them. Uh, you let them sit for a year. You also get the added benefit of getting the fifth-year option, right, to yep. kind of help yep. you decide things. Yep. I think that's like somewhere around there is where her, he's ultimately going to land. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I just think don't think it works for the Cowboys. That's the I, issue. I agree. The Cowboys are in a different spot. Uh, all right. This one from Zach. Do you have any pet, a pet cat so far in this year's class, Lana? Is there anybody that you've watched that you just absolutely love? I mean, I, I've i liked a lot of these guys. I don't know if there's been someone that's, like, jumped out to me as, uh, you know, I, I feel like I the guys that I really like are guys that are, are well-liked guys. Like, yeah. I, I, I really liked watching – uh, Zion Johnson. I really liked watching, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Olave, uh, uh, Will Williamson was great mm-hmm. to watch. Uh, you know, the, the, a lot of the guys that I, I liked watching, I mean, you know, Linderbaum, you know, it's like the, the, the guys that are fun to watch, uh, you know, maybe if I'm putting my, uh, uh, my, my stamp on someone that I particularly liked, I don't know where you're playing them. I don't know what round you're drafting them in. Um, and I kind of think I've forgotten his first name too, but, uh, that linebacker cornerback from Nebraska is that Jojo Doman. Jod- 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 yeah, he's fun, man. He's just yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. I don't know that you take him anywhere, you know, other than like fourth, he, maybe fifth round. Yeah. He, I think because of all the medical stuff, he's a day three pick, but Hey, if you get after the top 110, 115 picks, why not? Yeah, he's a very, can, he can play on nickel packages right away. Absolutely. Special teams. He's he's a very interesting player just in his kind of yeah. skill set, I would say. So I don't know. Outside of that, you know, I haven't really uh, found a guy that's like, you know, my guy necessarily. I, I tend to kind of like a lot of the generic folks that uh, I've seen so far. What about you? I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like 
Zion's one of my favorite players in this class just because he's so clean, right? He's just such an easy guy to like. Uh, I, I I got two. I really like Troy Anderson, the linebacker from Montana, oh, from Montana. State, yeah. who played quarterback, running back, linebacker, and just set records like crazy. I think he's really fun and he's really athletic. So mm-hmm. anytime in day two, go ahead and gamble. Uh, I really like Charlie Kohler, the tight end from Iowa State. He's 6'7", okay. 260 pounds. Not super dynamic after the catch, but he's just going to fall down and get you a first down every time because he's so big. Um, also, no, the Cowboys were uh, at Iowa State's. I was going to say, Kellen was up there today, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if that's somebody that they're looking at because he kind of profiles as a uh, tight end too, right? Somebody right. that can just play in line, that can be a goal line guy, that can block a little bit. I, I kind of like Charlie Kohler. I think he's a good player. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it looks like Dallas is up there to check out somebody, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. Yeah. Uh, All right, next question. And we've got this question from several people, but they all want to know, do you see any scenario where the Cowboys would trade up for Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia? No. Trading up for for a defensive tackle. Look, I mean, guys, baby steps, right? Let, let, let's let's draft let's draft one first. <laughs> let's draft one in the first in the first round first, and then we can talk about maybe in a couple of years trading up for one if yeah. that works out. But I, I can't imagine both things happening, right? Yeah, I, I I don't see that either. Now, if the Cowboys had a bunch of third and fourth round picks, and you just wanted to move up from like twenty four to eighteen or something like that, okay. But the Cowboys don't have a top a lot of top 100 draft picks in this class, and they've got several pressing <laughs> needs. That draft picks are going to be incredibly important for them. What 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 does a 24 plus you know five for fifth round picks get us? Like right, 22. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably probably not a lot. Uh, well, it's uh, like it's like the equivalent of a third round, like a low third. So what? So what's what is a, a 24 and a low third give you? Like uh, probably like to 19 or 20. So you, you could you could do it. You could give up your entire fifth round and probably move two spots. But, I, I mean, I don't know if that's going to get you Jordan Davis, though. Uh, no, you're going to have to go up inside the top 12 or so. I don't know if you saw Mike Tomlin, but uh, the Steelers had picked 20, and they asked him at Georgia's Pro Day about Jordan Davis. And he, yeah. he said, I'm a huge fan. I'm in the Jordan Davis fan club. Uh, and they asked if he would draft him. He's like, I think he's going to be hugging Roger Goodell well before we get the yeah. chance to pick yeah. him. And the Steelers draft at 20. So it mm-hmm. uh, tells you where the rest of the NFL kind of thinks about Jordan Davis. So <laughs> uh, last question. A lot of people were wondering about wide receivers now that they have James Washington, they have C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup coming off the torn ACL. Is there is there a receiver in this class that you really like after the first round, or is there a type of receiver you think the Cowboys should be looking for? Um. <sighs> I actually like a bunch of these guys, you know, um, I'm mean, I think everyone who has, you know, listened to the rest of Cowboys podcasting knows about Sky Moore and I'll let, you know, Jeff Cavanaugh go ahead and pitch the pitch Sky Moore for everybody. Uh, I, but I, I like him a lot. I, I don't know if he's still outside the first round type yeah, guy, he, but yeah, he's I he, just because I've been doing these consensus boards on yeah. top, you know, top 10 draft, media people seems like it's second early third round is still where he's going. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's, you know, someone that's worth, that's worth uh, looking into. Uh, I think, you know, there's lots of these different types that, that are interesting. I mean, uh, and, and I think that the Cowboys have kind of set themselves up in a way that, 
you could probably you, you don't necessarily need to go get a specific type of guy at this point. I, I think that's the the, the, the key thing. I, I think you would they would probably love to get another outside guy. Well, um, here's the question I, I was actually having with somebody this morning for the Cowboys. What do you think their most important trait is for a receiver right now? Like when they're looking at receivers and say, this is what we want from a receiver. Is it ability to get open? Is it contested catch? Or is it making plays after the catch? Because I've got a feeling if they said Amari wasn't a scheme fit, I'm just wondering if they're transitioning more to guys like Traylon Burks, the guys who are catch and make plays after the catch, more of a San Francisco you know, Ram style of offense. Who's that kid from true? I hate to keep doing this to you. There's a kid from Texas tech who's big and, and, and is a receiver. I can't remember. And he has like a alliteration for his name. Uh, it's weird, kind of an interesting last name. Uh, I, I I'm sorry. This is terrible I, radio. I thought well, well, he's the, guy, the guy the Cowboys drafted last year, uh, TK Vasher or signed. No, 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 no. There's another guy that's in the draft this year who's kind of a later round guy, but who's like, you know, big and bulky. And he's kind of like a, you know, like a discount Traylon Burks. Right. So uh, uh, anyways, I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys were looking for more of those kind of guys and get the ball in their hands, have them break tackles, you know, difficult to bring down. Cause I mean, you can say what you want about uh, Cooper, incredible route runner, but for a guy who was 6'2", 220, he didn't break a ton of tackles, you know, uh, like it's Eric Zucana. That's, that's the one. Uh, yeah. Zucanama, I believe. Yeah. There you go. Very, you know, just kind of those types of physical specimens who, if you can get the ball in, in, in this, the guy that I'm talking about is a very much a late round guy, yeah, like a, like yeah. a day, late day two, day three guy. So, uh, I think those are the you know the, those are the types of folks that you can look at who potentially are game breakers with the ball in their hand, right? Because because here's the other thing to keep in mind: Pollard is not going to be around for too much longer. So, and Pollard is already kind of your best guy at that. Like, let's get the ball yeah. in his hands and let's see if what he can do in space. And that's really so, CD's best trait as well, right? Yeah, in, in, a, in a lot of ways as well, it is. And I think uh, so. I think you can find other guys that you need to replace those types of players, guys that, you know, that, that the play design can get the guy open long enough for you to get the ball in his hands and then let him work his magic with the ball in his hands. That's what everyone saw Debo Samuel have so much success with last yeah. year. Uh, and I think that that's more of the kind of, again, going back to hitting the easy button for Dak, exactly. right? finding yeah. simple ways to get the balls, the, the playmakers so that they can take the, the the ball and do something with it, as opposed to make ha, making Dak have to throw, you know, extremely and very difficult throws from the pocket in order to gain, you know, even a little bit of yardage. Yeah. I mean, I would go back to thinking about the saints game from this year, where I think it was Amari's only catch Dak had to throw a bullet down the seam between two guys, or in that same game through a pass to CD lamb down the seam where there was no window at all. Dak can do it. Right. And that's why you pay an elite quarterback is to make those type of throws. But you also have to have seven or eight plays a game that are just easy run of the mill throws that get you 17 yards that help move the offense. That's what the Cowboys lack last year. And they need more of that. And I'm wondering if that's what they're going to be looking for in the draft, whether that's, you know, Traylon Burks in the first round or Calvin Austin, you know, the tiny receiver yep. from Memphis is really good after the catch. Players like that more so than. I don't know, Drake London from USC, who is really just a power forward and everything is contested. Yeah. I don't think the Cowboys are looking for that type of receiver. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, they still have, 
I think maybe the idea is that they've loosened their standards on what the wide receiver position looks like. I don't think they've completely given up on it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I you, you you still have to have a certain amount of requisite speed and and and, and maybe maybe what really it seems like the size thresholds that have maybe yeah. been kind of altered. Yeah, because there was a time where, and I remember going back to track of this during the Jason Garrett era, they never started a receiver on the outside that was under two hundred pounds. Like yeah. every single one of those guys was heavier. And now maybe that's not going to be the case. Maybe they'll they'll lighten that up a little bit. We'll see. Uh, all right. Good. Do you have any more thoughts? I was just going to say, I mean, the fact that the James Washington got signed, I mean, to me, shows that there's maybe a change in, in, in the thought on exactly who can play outside wide receiver on this team. Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow the show on YouTube. Locked on Cowboys. We've got the ton of support over there over the last couple of days. We cannot thank you guys enough. Follow Lane in at Nicole BCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time.